Whenever something goes wrong in my life, I always think it makes better copy than if something goes right. My friends and wife call it Bratton speak. Once I mispronounce a word, it stays mispronounced forever. I write basically the same way I talk, and I realized kind of on the third day of this that, oh wow, this is just like me sitting down and telling a 14-hour story. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet journalist and television presenter Rachel Johnson, former New York City Police Commissioner Bill Bratton, and New York Times bestselling author Kelly Williams-Brown. These authors have written powerful stories straight from the heart, bringing years of experience and insight to readers everywhere. Hear Rachel Johnson on turning political failure into learnings, Bill Bratton on the complex history of law enforcement, and Kelly Williams-Brown on mental illness and making things. Enjoy. Hi, this is Rachel Johnson, author of Rake's Progress, the true madcap tale of my political midlife crisis. I wrote my book because whenever something goes wrong in my life, I always think it makes better copy than if something goes right. It's a sort of happiness rights white thing I have. I had a rush of blood to the head in 2019, and I stood for the European Parliament and had an utter failure in my attempt to become elected a Euro MP. But in the course of that failure, I learned a huge amount, not just about politics, but about myself and where I stand in my family. And I thought it would make an instructive primer for anybody who thinks about going into politics and anybody who has a family. I think I was inspired by John O'Farrell, who is a comic writer who wrote a similar book about running against a Labour leader in an MP seat. They have a wonderful shape to them, these electoral books. My brother Boris did one when he tried and failed in his first parliamentary seat in Cluid in South Wales, where he said, I fought Cluid South and Cluid South fought back. There's a wonderful energy and universality to it, and British politics is both very noble and sort of storied and ancestral, but it also has a hugely comic side, as if you've ever seen a British parliamentary seat being declared. You'll have Theresa May or Boris Johnson standing next to a man dressed as a bucket. So it's got a wonderful comical side, and I wanted to mine that, as well as put some serious messages forward about my distaste for leaving Europe and the surge of national populism, which I luckily think is now in abeyance, and COVID pandemic has put pay to that, as we're all in it together. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be... painful. <laughs> I think I read quite well, but... I had to do it bits of it over and over again because I found some sentences I wrote far too long. Reading an audiobook is a great lesson in writing simply. When I write my next book, I'm not going to put anything in parentheses and not going to put anything in hyphens either because if you read a sentence, you can accommodate the hyphen or the brackets in your own head. But if you're reading it out, it's much harder to make it make sense. So you do learn about writing by having to read aloud. So it's actually very instructive as a writer to read your own audiobook. 
so maybe I'll change painful to instructive. I realised I had trouble pronouncing certain words together. Yellow lanyard is a tongue twister. You try it. I also had trouble with isthmus. So in the end, I just dropped the H in the middle and pronounced it isthmus, which I hope is right. I'm supposed to be saying how proud I am that I was a bit able to do something in this audiobook. I think I was bold to try various accents, and I'm not sure I'm proud of them. I tried Andrew Neil's Scottish accent. I tried Bob Geldof's Irish accent. And I tried Rupert Murdoch's Australian accent. I don't think any of these attempts are very successful, but I hope I'll get some brownie points for trying. I'm excited that listeners will be able to spot these different regional accents. Now I've warned you what they are. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast, I suppose, someone like Judy Dench or Joanna Lumley. It's a very English book. And I'm a woman writer, so I'd like to have a female voice reading it. And I think they're both, I mean, they could read the telephone directory and make it sound absorbing. For younger listeners, the telephone directory are the great big books that you get sent that used to list everybody's telephone number. The last audiobook I listened to that I loved was Fall by John Preston, which is an account of the life and death of Robert Maxwell, the media tycoon and crook, really. I know the story of Robert Maxwell very well. I used to know Ghislaine when I was at Oxford, which is a nerdy point. But it's still an absolutely gripping, reads-like thriller, sounds-like thriller account of his life and death. And it's somehow chilling and absorbing. And it's as if you live Robert Maxwell's crazy life with him. Can't recommend it highly enough. My favourite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car. I live between Exmoor and London and I spend quite a lot of time either on the M4 or on the Paddington to Taunton train. And I have taken to audio in a way that I never thought I would because I'm such a reader. My idea of a nightmare, a bad dream, is getting on a train and not having a book to read. But with audio, and if you have your headphones, because obviously you can't inflict your choices on other passengers... With audio, it's almost as good as reading and it can transport you and you can look out of the window and see the beautiful countryside between London and the West Country unfold as you go. So it's kind of win-win. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. On a clear day in the UK, it feels as if you can see and hear the blonde tribe of the Johnsons from space is multiplied exponentially by the number of its members. No surprise, then, that large, noisy public families have a grip on the public imagination. The Mitfords, six daughters, one forgotten son, crazy Fav, who hunted his own children to hounds, submissive mother. The Kennedys, the royal family, the Waltons. As you can sense, I am already running out of famous clans quite quickly before I fasten on my own. Hi, this is Bill Bratton, author of The Profession, a memoir of community, race, and the arc of policing in America. I wrote my book because I think it's a story that needs to be told, 
a story that has not been told from my perspective, 50 years of policing, 50 critical years where the profession evolved significantly, that now in the middle of a national crisis is even more important to read, to see, and be understood. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, the word would be challenging. I realized I had trouble pronouncing crisis. I have pronounced it most of my life as crises. There were several like that. My friends and wife call it Bratton speak. Once I mispronounce a word, it stays mispronounced forever. What I'm most proud of in narrating the book is that it is a dynamic story. It's a story that I believe that people listening will enjoy, will feel that they've been informed, will feel that they've been challenged to think more about the issue of police and race and community in America in the 21st century. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Matt Damon or Ben Affleck, who, being from Boston, have pretty good Boston accents when they want to. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was A Man in Full by Tom Wolfe. The narrator had this wonderful southern accent that just drew you into the book even more. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Police see a lot of men and women who put themselves in difficult positions, try to change the narrative of their life stories, to transform themselves into heroes. That morning, Ismael Brinsley was a bum who was going to be sought by law enforcement for brutalizing an innocent woman. He was going to jail, so he decided he was going to kill some cops. That July, Eric Garner had died while struggling with New York Police Department officers. In that August, Michael Brown had been killed by a police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. That November and December, grand juries had handed down no true bills, declining to indict the officers involved in either death. In the midst of all of this, the Black Lives Matter movement rose to the fore. Hi, this is Kelly Williams-Brown, author of Easy Crafts for the Insane, a mostly funny memoir of mental illness and making things. I wrote my book because I thought it might be able to make some people feel better when they were going through a tough time. This book is basically about the worst 700 days of my life in which a number of sort of tragic and funny and horrible things happened to me and how I got through it and how I rebuilt my life afterwards. I have always found a lot of comfort when reading someone else's story, particularly if I can see parts of myself in that story. And I hope readers are really able to connect that even though they might not share the details, which are, again, ridiculous, that the book will still give them encouragement and hopefully a laugh or two. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be horrifying. One, I mean, you're engaging so closely with your own material. Like, if you want to spot every single mistake or thing you would have changed, read it aloud. Two, you know how your throat makes like a little sort of trilling gurgle sometimes? Have you ever heard that noise amplified and played back into not only your ears, but several other audio folks, too? It was really something. In seriousness, it was really fun to record, even though it was kind of emotionally grueling, because I got to work with a super fun team, Tristan, who was here in Portland at Digital One, and then our director, Kathy Thornburn, who, although she was far away, was right there in our hearts. And the three of us really had a fun, intense couple days together. I realized that I had trouble pronouncing 
a lot of things, actually, or really that I don't articulate nearly as well as I think I do. You really don't realize until you are, again, being recorded and having your own voice piped back at you how slurry you are. And then we also had a lot of fun. We had a real spirited discussion about Midsommar, whether we wanted to say it Midsommar or Midsummer or, or what. We went with Midsommar, which I think was the right choice. I'm excited that listeners will be able to hear this story sort of directly from me. I write basically the same way I talk, and I realized kind of on the third day of this that, oh, wow, this is just like me sitting down and telling a 14-hour story, and that's pretty wild. So I really hope people enjoy it and find it to be a worthy uh, use of their time. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I'd cast one of my little sisters, probably my middle sister because she does a lot of cool voiceover work, and I think she would know exactly my intonation and how I would deliver a joke. Either that or Amy Sedaris. She would also be amazing. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was John Moe's Hilarious World of Depression. John Moe hosted a podcast of the same name. Now he hosts a podcast called Depression Mode, which I highly recommend. And it was not only his own story of living with clinical depression, but contained snippets from all of the amazing interviews he's had with people over the years, like Patton Oswalt, Maria Bamford, Andy Richter, like so many amazing comedians and performers with like real insight. And to hear them in their own words, and then to have that be interwoven with like his own journey of understanding, it's just a really beautiful book. And he's a radio guy. He was with public radio for a long, long time. So he does a great job narrating too. I love listening to audiobooks on a road trip. When I'm going on a road trip, I always pick out an audiobook that I think everyone who's in the car would like, which can sometimes be a challenge if you've got different interests. But there's something so satisfying about listening to an audiobook with someone, and then you get to pause it and talk about it. And I think that's actually one of my favorite things about taking road trips. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. My Little Home full of friends, feels like a miraculous occurrence in my 30s when so many friends are married or, even more dauntingly, have children. It began happening in my mid-20s, reaching terminal velocity at age 33. One by one, my friends were raptured into motherhood. I truly do mean raptured. They live in a new state of bliss, but also insanity and tiredness and spit up, with an entirely new daily experience, new values, and new desires. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.